You're listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast, episode number six. Welcome to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast, the podcast that always keeps its promise. And now your host, Amy Porterfield. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. And today we're talking about online launches. And this topic is a pretty big one for me because online launches are actually how I got my start in the online marketing world. Now, for those of you who don't know, I used to work with Tony Robbins, peak performance coach for about six and a half years. And the year before I left to start my own business, Tony started working with some big names in online marketing to help us create launches for his programs, products, services, events, the whole gamut. So what Tony did is he brought in the best of the best. I mean, that's just how Tony works. He always finds the best who's doing it right, who's getting the biggest results, and he brings them in to consult. So we got to work with Jeff Walker, Brendan Bruchard, Frank Kern. If you don't know those names, they're pretty big online marketers who do significant significant launches online, meaning multi-million dollar launches with huge success. So there I was my last year at Tony Robbins, and I got to sit at the table with these internet marketing giants to learn how to launch online. So it was a pretty exciting time to say the least. And that's when I just dove into everything that had to do with online marketing. I was hooked. I loved everything about it. And then eventually that led to me diving into social media marketing, which is why now I teach Facebook. But today is actually not about me. Today, we're going to be talking about how you can launch your programs, products, and services online. So I've asked my good friend and someone I call an online launch expert, Anne Samoylov, to come on and talk to us about launching. Now, Anne's been part of some pretty big online launches, one being Marie Forleo's B-School, which I talked about in podcast number three. Anne has done work with Laura Roeder, who's a good friend of mine and also a social media expert. And Laura Roeder and Marie Forleo built B-School a few years back. And so Anne was part of that whole entire launch. She knew the ins and outs, what worked, what didn't work. And from there, she really started to become this expert in launching. And now, and I'll give you a link to her website. When you go to her website, it's all about everything you need to know to launch a program, product, or service online. So it's a fantastic resource. So I've been following Anne for many years now, and I invited her to come on the show to really talk about what it takes to get a launch off the ground. Now, the cool thing is that I feel that Anne has a unique, holistic approach to launching anything online, meaning she helps you look at your whole entire business while you start to think about promoting a specific program, product, or service online. So she really brings in all aspects of your business, which I think are really important. Now, if you're doing business online, it's a strategic and smart strategy to think about promotion of your products in terms of launches. You may already know that I do launches for my own business, and the way I look at them is an opportunity to create individualized marketing plans around specific programs or products. So when I launch something, I put a concentrated effort on attracting the right audience for that specific program, promoting it on multiple platforms in a very streamlined, strategic way, and then I lead up to the selling phase. So when you think of a launch this way, 
I can promise you that the things start to fall together so much more seamlessly and it takes a lot of fumbling out of the whole process because there's a really strategic way you do it. Plus, and here's a big plus, when you do launches, you don't have to be promoting and selling every single day of the year. Launches actually allow me to pull back and have these what I call mini breaks so that I can just offer great valuable content and I don't have to be pushing or selling anything all the time. So it really works in a way to add value as well as make money when you do promote. And when you're just going through those mini breaks where you're just adding value and you're not promoting or selling anything, that's when you start to build up the affinity with your audience. They start to trust you more and they see you as an authority. So launching allows you to not have to sell and promote all the time. So that's a huge perk when you create online launches. So a little housekeeping before we get started, I wanted to remind you that all of my show notes are on my website. So this is episode number six. So you can grab the show notes at amyporterfield.com forward slash six, the number six. So I'll include all the links that we talk about in this interview, plus some valuable resources, some great articles from Anne's website to help you get started with your program or product launch. So make sure to check the show notes out at amyporterfield.com forward slash six. Now let's jump in. My brand voice guide is my business's North Star when it comes to keeping all my business content and marketing content clear, consistent, and inviting. That's why I created the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner, which is a free resource to help your business experience the same as mine. So all you have to do is plug in your business details into the given outline that I've created that has all the essential components of a brand voice guide. So you don't even have to pay to get it created like I did. You can plug in your information and you'll be well on your way to having a cohesive voice across all brand assets. And I've even shared my own brand voice guide with you so you can use it as a reference as you craft your own. It's like having a mentor right by your side. So go to amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide to grab your copy of the brand voice guide outline you wish you had sooner. And I can promise you, you're going to elevate your brand instantly. That's amyporterfield.com forward slash voice guide. And thanks so much for being with us today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Amy. I'm I'm really excited to be here, actually. I think we have a lot of good stuff to cover. And launching is such an important topic when we're talking about online marketing or just any type of marketing. So I think that people are going to find a lot of value. And of course, that's why I invited you on the show today. So before we jump into all the specifics about how to launch a product, program, or service, Let's first start at the beginning and tell people a little bit about who you are and how did you even get into teaching people how to launch? Well, you know, I think that the the best way to talk about it is to just kind of let people know that, you know, I started working in production and visual effects and animation in Los Angeles. So I was managing extremely technical projects from idea to delivery, which is a form of launching. And I, you know, I was kind of burned out on that world, but I, that's, that's my genius and that's my skill. And so I just started, I started looking online and I, my very first experience with launching and just getting into that world. And I didn't even know it was actually going to be launching launch. I didn't know what I was going to be getting myself into, but I met uh, Laura Roeder and I started working with her and it was just a 
not a chance meeting, but it was definitely a um, meant to be meeting. And we started working together and I just jumped in and did all the same stuff that I was doing in visual effects and animation with her. And it was just a different set of technical stuff to manage, moving pieces to manage so that we could release, launch, you know, deliver something. And then just after that, just this is kind of what led me into even creating a program about launching. Um, after initially starting to work with Laura, I also I worked on uh, Marie Forleo's B-School for the first couple of years because Laura was a partner of Marie's at the time. So uh, my very first real like big launch was B-School. So I got thrown kind of into the deep end, but it, it honestly never felt overwhelming or anything. So, uh, you know, through the three years that I really have been working with Laura, I just have learned so much about launching and realized so much about my past experience in production and animation and how to actually pull a lot of that into what I do with launching. Um, No, that's fantastic because anybody that's listening knows that I was, if you listen to any of my other podcasts, I interviewed Marie Forleo for her B-School launch, and that was a huge launch. So you had a really good, pardon the pun, launching pad for (laughs) your business to get things started because you knew exactly how to do it, and that was such a huge successful launch. So really cool place to start for sure. Yeah, I mean, Amy, the one thing I have to say, though, is that it wasn't, I, I really never thought that I would be teaching about launching and then actually taking on additional clients and and working with other types of entrepreneurs and businesses. And it just, it just started getting to be too obvious that I knew so much about the process of getting a project finished, you know, on the management side and then learning all the marketing stuff that went along with it. That just, it just seemed like such a natural organic progression. And I think that's how a lot of people, especially when you're building an online business, get into this world. They realize, wait a second, I know a lot about this. This is actually coming natural to me and I enjoy it. So maybe I can explore this a little bit more and and show other people how to do it. So I love that you shared that because I think it's a good lesson for anybody that is working in an area right now and they're thinking, maybe I can expand on this a bit. So that's fantastic. Now, you you lead me into such a great, perfect place to start, and that is really what is launching? Because you talk about the development of the product, the the marketing and, and getting it finished and all that good stuff. So for those of those that are listening today that aren't really sure exactly, what do you mean by launching? And are you only talking about online programs or does this go into, you know, the physical as well? Can you give a little bit of insight into the the world of launching and what it means? Sure, Amy. Um, you know, I, I have probably, I, I feel like often that I overuse the word launch. I'll, I'll totally like say that <laughs> out there, I'll like out myself. But the truth is, I think when you say that you're launching something, there's like a commitment to what the process that you're doing. And when I actually define launching myself, it's just like, it's almost like you're orchestrating an event where you want people to pay attention. So that could mean paying attention in the form of buying, paying attention in the form of subscribing, you know, and just getting that attention on whatever that idea, that service, that new product, maybe your new business, it's getting eyes on your business and making it an event. That's what I look at as a launch. I think making an event. I love that because it also means that it doesn't always have to be you're selling something. 
And I exactly. Think, yeah. And I think that's kind of a, a misconception because a lot of the people listening want to build their email list. And I guess you could kind of create a little mini launch around maybe a free offer in order to grow your list. Would that be something you could do? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, there's many different ways, you know, just like what you said, the opt-in offer, there are, there are times when people just do blog series and, you know, maybe it's leading up to something where you're going to offer something for sale, but that blog series alone becomes a list builder. And, you know, just off the top of my head, someone who is built, who is still using their kind of blog series to build their list even more. And they're not launching their product right now. It's Derek Halpern. I mean, I definitely see him using a blog series and he's definitely continued using it even well after the launch. So I think that you can do that in many different ways. Definitely for sure. You know, if we kind of step back and let's say somebody has an idea or maybe they already have a product or program that they want to launch and specifically want to sell, I've seen you talk a lot about things that you should do before you launch. And I'm Mm -hmm. really big into setting the foundation of anything you do in your online business. So can you share with us some tips to make sure that you're ready to actually launch, whether that be, you know, a list building campaign or a selling campaign? What do you need to do before that? Well, I'm not sure if you mean this, but I definitely, I definitely am a really big systems person because I feel like once you have your systems in place and you can get creative and then you can figure out what the, what the content is, what yes. the, what the colors of your launch look like, you know, so the things that I like to do before I do anything is, you know, if I'm going to pull off a launch or an event, you know, you need to have a few things in place. And if you want me to share those, I definitely can do that. Please do. Yeah. Okay, so the biggest one actually is, for me, it's customer service. And customer service doesn't mean, oh, go hire a customer service person. It just means you need a clear understanding of how you're going to handle questions from people who want to buy, who have bought, who are having technical problems, whatever. And, you know, if you have the money to have someone following up on those inquiries that will come in, they will come in, they always come in, you can hire them, but you can also just set up a dedicated email and that's your system for doing customer service. You check it once a day. There's also just in general, like, and this is kind of with customer service is communication and knowing how you're going to communicate to the people on your list, to people on social media, to during your launch, after launch, before your launch, just having a good idea of like, okay, well, these types of emails need to go to people who are clearly on the interest list. We don't want to bother people who are on the normal list with this type of email. You know, just having like a clear idea of that and and the way to do that really is just to take a huge sheet of paper and map it out, uh, you know, or use a Google Doc and just kind of write out the different types of communication that are going to be going out and be really clear about who is getting them, when, um, and the communication piece is a big one for me. I'm always thinking about not sending too many emails, making sure that they're the right types of emails, all that. Um, So with that, let me me ask you real quick, the communication part, it's not just emails to sell something, but you're talking about emails to get them talking about the topic. Like what kind of emails are you talking about? Actually, both of those. I mean, it's everything from the actual emails that are going to be saying, hey, this is what this thing I'm doing is. This is, you know, like the actual sales types of emails. But it's also those initial emails where you're just 
telling people something's coming, you know, knowing that, you know, perhaps the people on your primary list, maybe they just need, you just need to ask them if they're even interested in it and not bother them with the, the deep sales emails. I don't oh, know if that great makes point. any sense. No, it really you know does. I mean? Yeah. Because when I was marketing for B-School for Marie Forleo, I had a little blurb in those very first emails that said, if you'd rather not hear about B-School, I'm going to be talking about it for the next you know, few weeks. So just click here and I won't bother you with these emails anymore. I think it's good oh, just I to had segment. That, I had that too. I did the same thing oh, too good. because people get a little bit freaky and that's, that is something that you can do in Infusionsoft. I'm not sure yes. how that works in other systems, but in Infusionsoft, you know, what's great is you, you really can like say, you know, if you want to hear more about this, click here. And then that kind of identifies them in your system as someone who absolutely for sure wants to hear about what you're talking about. And I'm really respectful of people's inboxes because I don't want to, you know, you don't want people jumping off your list, first of all, but you, right. you also want to make sure you're targeting the right people. So communication is just such a big topic, but just at least knowing who you're communicating with, like you're just going to do PS mentions in your newsletter, or you're just going to do, um, you're just going to email your interest list only, like a specific group of people about the actual launch, you know, know who you're going to be talking to. The other system, which is really just more of like an operations thing, is having a really clear who does what map or chart. And, a, you know, especially if you have multiple people helping you, whether it's a team or just random people who you're hiring, let's say, an ODesk person or just a freelancer, having a clear plan of who's doing what because there's nothing worse than having three people thinking they're doing the same thing, obviously. Yes. But but when LKR, Team LKR and Team Forleo were working together on B-School those first few years, I mean, those are two pretty big teams that function in completely different ways. And we had to know who was doing what. Not everybody was involved in the launches on both teams, but we had to know who was the captain of what area. And I know that this might not be something that's necessary for people who are maybe working on their own, but I bet you have just people who are helping you even. Like even a person who's going to proof your email is a friend. You know, know who's doing what for you. Great. And, you know, I have, I mean, there are other systems, but the other more technical one that I really think, you know, it's, it's actually worth it if you don't know how to set it up to get someone to set it up for you are your analytics and tracking. Um, and that means, you know, simple Google Analytics or some other, there's, there's obviously, I mean, not obviously, but there are other more complex systems and, and companies that set up tracking for um, knowing what your traffic is, where people are coming to your website from, all that. But Google Analytics, it's a free tool. We all know it. We all love it. But, you know, I can't tell you how, how that turned around where I focused my attention during a launch because once I realized most of the people who were subscribing, liking, and signing up for the launch for my product were from Facebook, I didn't spend so much time on Twitter. Yes, you know, that so. is huge. Knowing where the activity is going or happening from allows you mm -hmm. to actually do less, but concentrate yeah. on really what matters. Yeah, great point. I mean, you know, Amy, that during a launch, the time at end time, 
first of all, is super limited. And ener- your energy is like also limited. You don't want to be spending it running around to all these sites. Don't be posting on Pinterest if no one's coming from there. Right. You know, you can play with that at night, but don't spend your time on your launch, you know, having to like cover every single social media network. Yeah, definitely. Um, so know where people are coming from and knowing that is, is Google Analytics is perfect for that. And then actually there's one more that I can tell you about. This is, this is, I'm not sure why I didn't mention this first because this is my kind of thing. And that's having a schedule, even if it can be altered. I really feel like a schedule is a system. And even if it's just a simple Google Doc or a simple document with a list from top to bottom that all the pieces that have to be done until the launch finishes, having that list done in advance really helps. It, just It really does. You know, I'm working on a launch of my Facebook Marketing Profit Labs right now, and it's a program I do quarterly. And I was just writing out like a project plan, a schedule of when things need to happen. What always happens to me is I think I have so much time to prepare. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. holy cow, that one thing needs to get done this week or it's going to mess everything else up. Like it's a little bit of an eye opener the first time or the first few times you do a schedule. Would you agree? Yes, I definitely would agree. And, you know, like I, that's why I, I don't feel like many people talk about your schedule being a system, but it, it can be a system because if you do it the same way every time, and I, I don't know, I find that doing like, you know, and maybe this is just comes from working with Laura Roeder. She always would make this list. And at first I was a mind map person. Like I was trying to make it more of a visual, like what's happening where, but she kind of, I think she just got me into her way and she just makes a list down and then I'll go through it and I will, you know, butts around with it, make right. it, make, you know, add things in. And the great thing about a list is it's also easy for most people to look at. So if you need another eye on it, you can get another eye. However, I want to add that, you know, you can always use better planning task management tools, but you should have them set up in advance. Like, so if you're going to use Basecamp, don't wait until you hire someone to get up to speed on how to use it. Or if you use Rike, which is and tool that I've used often, you know, don't wait until the second before you launch to use it. So set it up well in advance, try to write every, everything that you're going to need to get done during the launch in whatever system you choose. I know you're focused on marketing and selling your digital products, but I know many of you also have physical products and I want to talk about Shopify. Shopify is a user-friendly commerce platform that helps you, my dear online entrepreneur, build an online store and make more sales at any stage of your business. They're the force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other businesses at every size. Let me tell you why Shopify is an online entrepreneur's dream platform. It's because it helps turn your browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout experience. In fact, it converts 36% better compared to other leading e-commerce platforms. Yeah, loving that. And I don't know about you, but as an online entrepreneur, my customer's experience, especially when it comes to checking out, is so important. Plus, not only do they support your customers, they support you as the entrepreneur. Shopify's award-winning help desk is there to support your success through every question and every step of the way. There's a reason Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash made easy. 
all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash made easy now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash made easy. We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. And there are so many options out there for paid media. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where should you go to reach your ideal audience. But here's the thing. Have you thought about LinkedIn ads? LinkedIn ads empowers marketers with solutions for you and your customers, and it allows you to build the right relationships and drive results and reach your customers with meaningful content. You do not want to sleep on LinkedIn ads. And here's the thing, 79% of content marketers said LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. I hear it from so many of my peers, and I know you're doing important work. And with that, you want to make sure that the work you're doing is getting in front of the right people. And that's what LinkedIn ads will allow you to do. So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. So if you go to linkedin.com slash Amy, you can get that $100 credit. So that's linkedin.com slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. No, I like that. Planning ahead, scheduling. These are such great points for anybody who's thinking of creating some kind of launch around a program, product, service, list building, whatever it might be. So just to recap, we've got customer service, emails, which is communication, who you're going to mail to, when you're going to mail, who does what, which is really important. Even if you have a small team, I have a very small team, but I'm always talking to my team and making sure they know what they're doing. And then analytics and tracking, so you know where people are actually clicking and what they're doing and where they're spending their time when it comes to your launch. And then schedule, really important. Schedule things in advance. Get them all written down. I do like brain dumps, right? Everything Mm -hmm. I can think of that needs to get done and then kind of work it into a schedule. I think that helps a lot. Yep, definitely. So true. Okay, great. So we've got our, our systems together for our launch. Now, one thing, and this is what I love about what you do, and I follow all your content, and I think that you talk about something a lot of people don't really get into, and that is the fact that even some well-planned, well-executed launches don't actually sell well. And That's you right. pointed this out in a recent email, and I loved what you said about it. And you said it's because not enough people are doing the outreach part of it. So can you talk Mm -hmm. a little bit about that? And what is that all about? Yeah, well, you know, first of all, outreach really is just, you know, when I I actually in a recent webinar, I was talking about this, like during your before and during your launch, there's like a couple types of communication, you're talking to your current peeps, and you're talking to you want to find new peeps also. And that new peeps piece is really important. So outreach are things like interviews and guest posting on other people's blog, um, finding press hits in Help a Reporter Out, uh, which is Harrow. I'm not sure what the the link is to that. You know, you know, maybe finding telesummits that you can join or you can ask to join, which is possible. You don't have to wait to be asked. You know, going to online, live events, meeting people in person, offering free office hours. There's like a never ending way that you can just open yourself up to getting new people in to find out what you're doing. And, you know, I, I just have seen this too often. And this happened on two different launches that I, 
I worked with people and I kept telling them how important that outreach was and how important it was that they, they even have like a handful of guest posts come out during their launch week, you know, and getting those, getting that like last hit of people coming in exactly when they're offering something. And when, because they didn't do that, because they didn't spend the time doing that, maybe they were spending time on something that they, that really didn't have a return at all for them you know, their results were not what they wanted. And now they're, of course, now they're like, okay, I'm doing this now. I'm going to do a couple of guest posts a month. I'm going to keep my eye open for these ways of reaching new people. And, you know, I find that people, actually, it's interesting because I feel like people are getting better at at really connecting with their current people, but it's, you have to always be growing. You have to always be pulling people in and, and interesting people because those current people are eventually going to, I don't want to say they're going to grow past you, but they might, you know, in their life, develop new interests and go in a different direction, you know, whatever. So you always have to be pulling in new people who don't know you. You know, when I was in a mastermind a few years ago, and I really didn't have a list. I mean, my list was probably 600 people at the time. And this was back in, I think, 2010. And I was talking about creating my very first program. And someone said to me in this mastermind who had already had a huge list and has had huge success, she said, Amy, if you want to grow your email list, launch something, because that Mm -hmm. is such a great way to get people talking about you, excited about you, and opting into whatever it is you're giving free away in advance of the actual selling of the program. So I think launching is a great list building platform for sure. And also you said something else that made me think of a little bit of what I've done in the past. When people ask me, how do I grow a list or how do I get more Facebook fans or how do I get more exposure on any social platform? I always say, get active outside of those platforms. So get active outside of Facebook, get active outside Mm -hmm. of Twitter. And what I always mean by that is, Guest blog posting. I really do believe that put me on the map. I would guest blog post anywhere anyone would have me that had a solid audience. So, you know, guest blog posting really changes the game. Also, like you said, getting invited to be on teleseminars or webinars where you're a guest in maybe a bigger program. I think that's such a great idea you shared there. And that might mean that you need to call someone and say, hey, if you're ever in need of this type of content, X, Y, Z, definitely think about me. I'd be more than happy to share it with your audience. You're not selling anything. You're saying, I'll give free content away because of course it's gonna be great exposure for you. So finding all these outlets to get active outside of where you think you should be spending all your time is just, it works phenomenal. My Facebook fan base grew because I did all that. So I'm so glad you shared that here. You know, I wanted to actually add something about it too, and that is, I know some people who have guests posted, let's say, on a site that they expected more traffic back to them or more subscribers or something, and and the truth is, the reason why that that you don't that guest posts sometimes don't equate to list building is because it's just not the right fit. But those links do count, and people do find you, and you just have to keep putting yourself out there, and because the more you do, the more you're going to find that you're going to find, let me back up. When you, when you do all these guest posts, you just have to be watching. Remember how you set up your Google analytics. 
watch for where the spikes are coming from. You know, at first, when I did this ebook, like, before, before launching, it was like, and it was great. I really still am very proud of it, but I did a guest post on LKR, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm so, I, you know, I work with LKR. I'm going to so get sales for this. The traffic from LKR was not even, it didn't even, Why do you there think was no that blip. Is? What do you think that well, is? Well, because it wasn't, at that time, it wasn't, I wasn't writing about what her audience wants to read about. And then, now that I'm, I'm a contributor for the site, she is like one of my top referrers for not only just, um, not only traffic, but also subscribers. But it was just the tweak in the content. And so now what I do is I actually look for the spikes that, to give me that clue that I'm with the right audience. So now I know that LKR's audience is potentially interested in what I have to talk about. Also, um, I, I recently did a guest post on ProBlogger, which I was so excited to get, but I really just asked for it. And also there, huge spike in traffic and subscribers. And, you know, so now, like, when I'm thinking about where I'm going to go, I look at LKR ProBlogger and look, think of other, maybe not such well-known sites like ProBlogger, but like something lower, like on the Alexa scale or something, and I'll still go for them. You know, I know now I have like a little bit of a guidepost on where to do that outreach. Yes, Um, for sure. And that pro blogger post you did, I'm going to put in the show notes. So to find the show notes, you just need to go to amyporterfield.com forward slash six, the number six, and you'll get all the links that Anne's talking about right now. But that pro blogger post, I want to link to it because it was all about emails that you want to send out during your launch. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really yeah. good stuff. And since you alluded to it here with the systems, you know, sending out communications, I think it will be really helpful for people. Yeah. Um, they put me through my paces on that one, but it was a great, <laughs> great experience. <laughs> but I, I was like, oh, I feel like I'm in school again. Um, but, but what I found out is that there are certain people who not only, you'll actually even find out, like outreach can even be someone who you respect, who respects you, who just mentions you and gives you a link. That's, that's outreach too. Yes. Like, because the point is getting your, a link to you in front of other people's audiences, giving someone a piece of you on someone else's site so that they can go, oh, who's this Amy Porterfield person? Click. Yes, exactly. You know, I had a situation the other day where I have a good friend, Rich Brooks, and he just started a brand new website called The Marketing Agents. And he was telling me, he was just sharing with me how his site's doing. And he said, I just wrote this really big post about SlideShare and why I think it matters to people's business. Well, he was just sharing with me what he's doing. Well, I just happened to finish a podcast with um, Mike Volpe at HubSpot where we talked all about SlideShare. So I said, Rich, I should link to it in my latest blog post because that would be really valuable. I would have had no idea that he did that if he just wasn't bringing it up in casual conversation with me. So you've got to talk about your stuff. Exactly. People then and even even Amy, even like I think something we were talking about, you 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 like shared it to your people, you wanted you thought it was valuable to your people, and because of that, the next day like people came over to my site from that. So I, I notice who who shares and when those shares are actually not yes. worthwhile, but you know what I mean. Exactly. Like they have some sort of like like very visible effect. <laughs> it definitely works. And it's such a great 
give and take kind of thing. People have done it for me, so I make sure I do it for other people. So if you just have, you know, a a genuine interest in helping people out, you'll be amazed how much that comes back to you. So Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you bring that up. That's good stuff. Pat Flynn did a blog post all about how to get the most out of your guest blogging experience, meaning you need to set up your blog to make sure it's ready for that traffic. And that's right. I love that. And I think, you know, I don't know about you, Ann, but anytime I know I have a big guest blog posting spot coming out, I make sure that whatever is on my blog that day is really, really good. I know. Do you too? Yeah, I do too. But the other thing is, it's the funny thing is you mentioned that post, which I'm going to have to go check that out. But I actually followed a guest post that was on Think Traffic by, I think it's Manish Sethi. And it was about how he made like whatever, 12,000 from a guest post, something like that. And it really just gave the framework of how he pitched a guest post and what he did. And I followed it. I made like a little landing page for the pro blogger people and something very special just for them that was pulled out of my program. And And that actually really helped. And I made sure that the blog post that was live on that day was like at least somewhat relevant to those people. (laughs) Yes. Going that extra mile, doing the work outside of just the guest blog post that you probably spent hours and hours writing. Because I wrote for guest or pro blogger one time. And I remember that was a lot of work, but it was so worth it. So I'm so glad that you got that opportunity. But doing the work outside of it, you'll be amazed. And all of this comes back to when you're ready to launch, you now have a solid foundation. You've been growing your that's list. Right. You've been getting the exposure. People have been talking about you. And that's a great formula for a fantastic launch. So I'm, I'm really glad we touched upon that because that outreach is essential to a successful launch. That's right. So I know we're kind of getting close on time and I want to wrap it up, but I really want you to talk about the right way to talk about your launch because you recently did a webinar and I just thought, holy cow, this content is so good. I could listen to it 10 more times and get such great content from it or strategies from it. But talk a little bit about why it's important to talk about your launch in the right way and what it could do to help you and where you could really hurt yourself if you don't. Well, really, you know, the right way to talk about your launch is so that people will respond and you have to talk in a way that you don't want to be purposely leading people to say a specific thing, but you definitely want to speak in a way that requires a response. And this is, this is, I always give props to like the sources of where these things come from. And this is actually from an, I love marketing podcast where um, Dean and Joe talk about ask a question that you want a specific response back And I love that idea because I realized that I'd been doing that all along. You ask questions to people and you want a response. And if you're not getting the, you'll know if you're talking the right way to to people about your launch, if people are responding. If you're not getting any clicking, any emails, any comments, then you're not talking about it the right way. The right way gets a response. So give me an example of what that might look like, what you might talk about and how you know you're getting that response. Okay. So um, I'll just take this, you know, directly from what I, what I talked about the other day. And that is, you know, 
you have to first start the conversation. And one of the, the, one, the most simple ways that I have started conversations is this autoresponder that Derek Halpern, another prop here, <laughs> that he suggested to set up saying, what are you struggling with? It's just when people sign up for your list, you know, at the end of that initial welcome email, you ask them to hit reply and tell them what, tell you what they're struggling with. And it has increased, increased, increased their responses over time. But that initial like little conversation starter, which is just me asking a question and then responding, the way that that actually turned into something that was for my launch really was me responding to them and just, just saying that I heard them and maybe answering their question or whatever, nothing crazy, no salesy, anything. And then 24 hours later, like, you know, I mean, I told you this before, but like 24 hours later, I had a handful of sales just from people that I'd responded to. It wasn't intentional, but it's just an example of one thing, a very simple thing that you can do to tell people about your launch. It's a personal way that you can connect with people who are interested because they've already responded to something you've asked them. It's just a back and forth. I mean, I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it does. Getting people to actually reach out to you and you getting the opportunity to then in turn, let them know you're listening. You're actually a human being behind that email. You actually care what they're saying. (laughs) This all leads to more sales because there's that trust and that affinity with you. So you know, talking about your launch and making sure that people are responding. And and as Anne said, that means clicking on your links, maybe liking a Facebook post, sharing it, Mm -hmm. um, pinning something to Pinterest, asking you questions. All of that is great indicators that what you're talking about is definitely working with your ideal audience. So now it's time to start leading up to that launch. But this is such great information that you first need to get. It's like that intel. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And if you're not getting, you know, now a lot of people get the kind of feedback that I don't really feel like is, it's great, it's great for the ego, but it's not really telling you that you're ready to launch yet. And it's people going, oh my God, great post, whatever. But you really want people asking you questions. You want people who aren't your friends, really, you know, having some sort of reaction to whatever you're putting out there, whether it's you sharing a link for other people's content on Facebook that's somehow related to what you're doing. It could be a blog post and someone emails you back. Like usually those, those emails are such great indicators of people who are interested in what you're doing and, and really want to hear from you. So they want to hear from you and learn from you. So I see what you're saying. It's a little bit more of a richer exchange than let's say, like I mentioned, a like on a post or anything like that. It's that real conversation. Yep. No, I like it. And I think it really comes down to what I'm learning all through out when you talk about launching. I do feel that email is essential. It's like a big part of this whole launch experience. Yeah, it is. And, And the great thing is that you don't have to be super, you don't have to be super like, you know, there were a lot of emails that I've seen in the past <laughs> three years that are very much like supposed to pull on your heartstrings or make you feel a certain way. Very maybe direct response is the way to is what they are. Um, but but I just feel like if you're just 
honest, open, like, hey, this is what's going on. And, you know, some of those things that, you know, I want to make sure I mention this too, like some of those, some of the, that might be just, you know, your normal email that goes out, you put a little PS that says, hey, this is what's coming soon. You know, I'd love to, I'd love to share this with you. If you want to know more about it, click here or something, you know, just don't be afraid to put it out there in your email, but to be aware of of how many emails you're sending. Again, we'll go back to that communication piece all over again. So definitely, I think the number of emails and what you're talking about and how much you're promoting, these are all things that you just want to make sure that when you schedule them, you'll see if you have way too many promo emails in there versus value add high content emails and all that good stuff. So I think the scheduling and really mapping all of your communication out will paint a very clear picture to you. And it wouldn't hurt to run it by a few people that you really trust and say, this is what my email schedule is going to look like. What do you think? What am I missing? Where are some holes? I always go to friends that I trust and know that they're in the industry to give me some good feedback. Right. And the one thing about that, too, is that you in in a perfect world, you would have all your answers before, but you really just have to during a launch, you're sending out emails, you just have to be aware of what people, if people aren't clicking, if the open rate is low, perhaps they're not reading emails. Maybe you turn a couple of your launch emails that I'm saying in air quotes here, maybe you turn those into blog posts because that's something that I did during my launch. If, if it's not reaching someone through a certain format, if it's not reaching the amount of people that you thought it would or not getting the response, just, just try a different format. And that's something that really worked well for me. Yeah, that's such a great point. You know, you just made me think about the fact that a launch is fluid. And I don't know if you'd agree with this, but it's not always just black and white what you put on a a piece of paper that this is how this launch is going to go. I think there's always those checks and balances, checking out your analytics, like you mentioned in the in the systems conversation. And when you need to change gears or shift gears in the middle of a launch, sometimes that's necessary. Yeah, I mean, that's, this is, this, the fluid part of launching, this is definitely something I learned, I would say, directly from Maria Forleo, because she was, she was really hot on the analytics, who's opening, how many people are opening, how many people are signing, signing up, and often, there, there, I mean, I don't think she would have a problem me telling you this, but like on the day of a, an email going out, she'd be like, you know what, we need to change this email. And she was on it. She was always looking at how, you know, the comments were coming in, what types of comments, maybe we need to change the next email. So it's definitely setting that skeleton schedule, setting that like plan for your communication, but also realizing that it can and might change. No, it's so fantastic. I love that. Just remembering that launches can be fluid, but you still want to plan just to make sure you have your foundation. I think it's a great lesson for everybody. Definitely. And thank you. This is such great information. Launching is a hot topic. Most of my (laughs) audience wants to do it, whether they're ready or not. They definitely have been thinking about launching. And I think this conversation sets that foundation. It allows them to know the pieces they need to be thinking about as they get ready to create a launch. So I cannot thank you enough for being here today. You're very welcome. I'm a launch nerd, so I can talk (laughs) about this all day. I know, that's why I love chatting with you. I'm pretty sure that's all we talk about these days and it's my favorite topic. So where can people find out more about you if they want to find you on the web? Well, they can go over to my website, which you can spell out, but it's ansamoylove.com. Spell it out for people. I'll put it in the launch notes, but you know that's a hard one. Oh, yeah, I'll spell it out for you, too. Good, good. <laughs> it's um, Anne, A-N-N-E-S-A-M, 
O-I-L-O-V dot com. And then also, I think you can go to fearlesslaunching.com. I think that will probably get you to the same place, but that's the uh, launching program that I have. Fearless Launching. Great. It's a fantastic program. I think anybody that's thinking about launching should definitely check it out. So I, again, thank you so much for being here. It's been very valuable and I'm going to put tons of links, a lot of notes in the show notes. You can find it at amyporterfield.com forward slash six. And again, have a great day and thanks again. So that's a wrap up and I cannot wait to talk to you next time on the online marketing made easy podcast. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast at www.amyporterfield.com.